in three, in two, in one. Hi, everybody. Tim Anderson here. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I appreciate it. We're talking real estate appraisal, and we call this one USPAP and What's Omitted. It's no secret that Fannie Mae has been sending more and more quality letters to appraisers. It is not uncommon for these letters to end up on the desk of a state investigator, too. So, this podcast is about those letters, among other things. But more importantly, it's about the ways there are to avoid them. That's what's important. Recently, I was rummaging around on the website of the Alabama State Appraisal Board. On the side were the charges filed, as well as the sanctions Alabama applied to those appraisers. These public record data were eye-opening. Not all of these charges and sanctions were the result of Fannie Mae quality letters, but they could have been. And, toward the end of this podcast, we'll get into Fannie Mae's latest reasons for appraisal audits, which lead to quality letters. But back to Alabama. One Alabama sanction centered on a state-certified general real estate appraiser, something that doesn't happen very often. However, that charge specifically treated an FHA appraisal this appraiser did. That particular appraiser, quote, violated USPAP by failing to follow FHA guidelines in several places, such as effective age. FHA guidelines on page 575 and 576 states, quote, Any significant differences between the actual and effective ages requires an explanation, end of the FHA quotation, and end of the overall quote. It's clear the appraiser chose to omit that explanation, thus the charge, and thus the sanction. Then, this charge goes on to cover highest and best use. FHA Guidelines, page 575, states, quote, The appraiser must perform a highest and best use analysis of the property using all four tests and then report the results of that analysis, unquote. So, this is another explanation the appraiser chose to omit. Then comes the big one. Comparable Sales Adjustment Support. FHA guidelines on page 578 state, quote, The appraiser must present the data, points of comparison, and analysis, provide support for the appraiser's choice of comparable properties and the adjustments for dissimilarities to the subject, and include sufficient description and explanation to support the facts, analyses, and the appraiser's conclusions, unquote. Believe it or not, the charges go on. Each of them specifically mentions not following Fannie Mae guidelines. They also mention the appraiser's failure to explain, within the report, the lack of explanation or the lack of a summary of the pertinent analyses leading to specific appraisal conclusions. Then, the state of Alabama made two damning statements about the appraiser, the appraisal, and the work file. The appraiser, quote, made several large adjustments to the comparable sales without market support or explanation in the report or work file. The sales comparison approach is not 
credible without the required support for the adjustments, which require support by relevant evidence and logic. Unquote. Finally, the state summarized everything with this statement. Quote, there was no summary of the information analyzed and the reasoning that supports the analyses, opinions, and conclusions in the report. Unquote. Alabama's board imposed an $1,100 fine and a 15-hour USPAP class as the appropriate sanction for these infractions of USPAP. What are we to learn from this? How is our behavior supposed to change by learning from this appraiser's mistakes? First, understand that the Alabama board is not enforcing Fannie Mae guidelines. When an appraiser agrees to accept an assignment, the appraiser also agrees to abide by the lender's requirements, assuming those don't require the appraiser to violate ethics. Since lenders sell their mortgage paper to the GSEs, then the GSEs rules apply. The appraiser accepts this as a contractual obligation, an assignment condition. Therefore, not to follow the applicable GSEs guidelines is not to comply with the contract. To say you will comply, but then not comply, is misleading, a violation of the ethics rule. So what's that second takeaway? That second lesson to be learned? That second lesson has two parts. Part one is the work file. Part two is support. It is common for a state investigator to frame a question to the appraiser in the context of the work file. In other words, the investigator's question will invite the appraiser to support a conclusion or an adjustment via the data that supports that conclusion or adjustment. Therefore, that market support must reside in the work file. If the details behind that conclusion or adjustment are not in the work file, they have no market support. Then, if the appraiser chooses not to summarize those details in the report and the appraiser signs the certification, the appraiser is certifying to a guess. Note that Standard Rule 2-3 takes a stand on this. This standard rule makes it clear the appraiser certifies that, quote, every statement of fact in this report is true and correct, unquote. The appraiser's 30 years of experience is not market evidence. Therefore, it is also not market support. Is there another area in which Fannie Mae is taking a particular interest? Yes. That's why she's sending out those quality letters. Our favorite Aunt Fanny is looking closely at sales and financing concessions. And what she looks at is not only whether and how the appraiser adjusted for any such concessions. Fanny also looks at how clearly and effectively the appraiser explained the presence or lack of those adjustments. You ask, what is there to explain clearly and effectively? In your neighborhood analysis, did you discover declining values? Fannie Mae, and HUD FHA for that matter, wants an analysis of mortgage risk in those neighborhoods. The GSEs want appraisers to pay, quote, particular attention to sales or financing concessions in neighborhoods that are experiencing either declining property values, an oversupply of properties, or marketing times over six months, unquote. Now, 
Here's the important part. The very next sentence says, quote, the appraiser must provide their conclusions for the reasons a neighborhood is experiencing declining property values and oversupply of properties or marketing times over six months, unquote. This means the appraiser must answer the why question. Why are neighborhood values declining? Merely to state they're declining is to fail to explain why they are declining. Fannie Mae wants to know if sales and financing concessions inflate sales prices in an otherwise declining market. True, the appraiser has the final authority to choose comps. But Fannie Mae audits those choices. One of those auditing criteria is sales and financing concessions in light of cash equivalency. About this, our favorite Aunt Fannie says, quote, Comparable sales that include sales or financing concessions must be adjusted to reflect the impact, if any, on the sales price of the comparables based on the market at the time of sale. Unquote. On the next page, she adds, quote, The amount of the adjustment to the comparable sales is not based on how typical the concessions might be for a segment of the market area. Large sales or financing concessions can be relatively typical in a particular segment of the market and still result in sales prices that reflect more than the value of the real estate, unquote. This final quotation is the crux of the matter. Fannie Mae states that, quote, Adjustments must reflect the difference between what the comparables actually sold for with the sales or financing concessions and what they would have sold for without the concessions so that the dollar amount of the adjustments will approximate the reaction of the market to the concessions, unquote. In other words, Aunt Fanny demands we provide her with the market value of the real estate alone. She doesn't want to know the contributory value of any financing or sales concessions. Appraisers must deduct the value of the boat, motor, and trailer the seller threw in to close the deal. Aunt Fanny lends on the value of the real estate, but nothing else. She doesn't care whether seller financing or sales concessions are common in any given market. Did any sales concessions, did any financing concessions inflate the purchase price over what it would have been if the buyer paid cash? If that answer is yes, then the appraiser must adjust those influences out of the purchase price. It can be difficult to ferret out this truth. Yet ethics and due diligence require us at least to make the effort to get this information. If, for whatever reason, we just can't get this information, then we must explain the scope of our efforts to get it. Merely stating that information was not available is insufficient. Put the blame for this where it goes, on those who would not provide the data. There is no reason to accept the blame for this. But that is just what happens to appraisers when they fail to explain the scope of their search. So. Let's circle back to where this podcast started, Fannie Mae quality letters. She is sending them out because she thinks appraisers are not properly supporting their value conclusions, that the comparable sales do not support the appraisal's value conclusion. 
If our support for the value conclusion is not immediately apparent, then we have misled the client. How? By failing to lead the client where we want the client to go. We want the client to accompany us to the value conclusion. If the report does not support them in this journey, we have misled them. When we account for sales and financing concessions, in other words, when we don't omit them, when we account for these concessions properly, we're leading them to a market-based conclusion. If we ignore these, in other words, if we omit them, we have misled the client. We have misled the intended users. If our report leads the client and the intended users nowhere, then we have misled them. To avoid those Fannie Mae quality letters about comparable sales, the comps must be truly comparable. It means they have the same highest and best use as the subject. It also means the appraiser has accounted for the price inflationary factors of any financing or concession that's not cash equivalent. Why does Fannie Mae even send out these letters? It's simply because we have not convinced her our sales are truly comparable. How have we not convinced her of this? Why have we not convinced her of this? How can our analyses of the sales data be reliable if we don't reduce them to their cash equivalency? Market value's definition is clear on this cash equivalency requirement. How can our adjustments be accurate if we're not familiar with which adjustments are necessary? If our adjustments are not those the market demands, then how credible is our opinion of market value? Why does Fannie Mae send out quality letters? Because she's not convinced of the quality of our analyses. Now, today, let's take away from her any reason she has to be concerned. Let's give her every reason to love the quality of what we do. Let's market support our conclusions with facts, logic, reasoning, which extend from proper analyses. USPAP does allow appraisers to omit an approach to value if it does not answer the appraisal question. USPAP does not allow an appraiser to omit market support and analyses. The state of Alabama was kind enough to show what happens when we omit these. Are we smart enough to learn from that? I'm Tim Anderson, the Appraiser's Advocate. I appreciate you listening in today. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to sit down with you. Please let me extend my best to you, all of yours, your customers, and your clients. I look forward to the next time we get to sit down with each other. If you need to contact me, please. Again, I'm Tim Anderson. You can contact me at tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. It will be a pleasure to meet with you. It will be an honor to work with you. Now, I got one more thing. Are your professional fees professional enough? Now we're clear. Thanks. <laughs>